Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. But let me just warn you, I have a very special guest that I'm going to be speaking to you with you with today to you and we are going to be talking about the world beyond and i'll share more after our golden pause so let's begin go ahead and sit comfortably if you're seated in a chair just uncross your legs and place your hands open on your lap and if you're seated on the floor go ahead and lean back against something sitting indian style with your palms open on your lap but with your shoulders back so that you've got your breath running all the way through you. So let's begin. Let's begin to breathe together. And as you breathe in, breathe in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of that breath. And as you exhale, go ahead and let go and relax. This time as you breathe in, Breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and toes, in your heart, through your core, through your legs, through your whole body, pure golden sunlight. And as you exhale, just relax and sink into your body a little bit deeper. This time as you breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight. Place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing that you feel incredibly grateful for. Just one. Could be this breath, this moment right here, right now. Just spend a moment there, Breathing in that gratitude, breathing in that golden sunlight and filling your whole heart with nothing but gratitude. And taking one last deep breath in, golden gratitude, exhale and open your eyes. Thank you so much for coming back to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. I absolutely love doing this, but what I love most about doing this is I get to bring you some very special guests and interviews. This person happens to be a very, very close friend of mine, somebody that I admire more than most people in the entire world. And after this interview, you'll know why. Christina Rasmussen is an author, speaker, and social entrepreneur. She uses the basic principles of brain science and quantum physics to change the patterns and habits of grief. She writes a weekly blog on our secondfirst.com site and engages close to 600,000 followers on Facebook. Christina is also the founder of the Life Reentry Institute, where she trains corporations, social workers, therapists, guidance counselors, and hospice workers to take people from loss to life re-entry and beyond. 
Her life reentry model is currently being considered for a three-year brain study by the Kessler Foundation. She is the best-selling author of Second Firsts, the founder of the platform Star Letters, where she helps people find humanity in the cosmos. And Christina believes that in the future, we will learn how to intentionally use our consciousness to create our physical reality. In her spare time, she is writing her first novel and is planning another visit to NASA for research. Her favorite quote of mine, one of many, is when it's your time to go, you won't wish you'd spent more time grieving. You'll wish you'd spent more time living. I am so excited to introduce to you my dear friend, Christina Rasmussen. Welcome, Christina. Hi, Chris. So good to be here with you. I am so excited about this conversation today. Oh my gosh. Well, what you all have to know is that Christina and I met a number of years ago. I've had her on as a guest before. And, you know, I cannot say enough about this woman. I mean, seriously, I always feel like I'm a slump in what I do in this world compared to what Christina does. No. <laughs> I always feel like, wow, I don't even know like how she gets it all done. But, you know, the woman is really a miracle to people. She is an amazing human being. And I am just, um, I'm always just, I'm just in awe of her. So I'm super excited to be talking with her about this topic today, which is really about um, the unseen world and the world beyond. She has a new book come out. I feel like it's a very courageous book on her part because she has tackled um, a subject that is super healing to people, but she's put this conversation of quantum physics and so many things in um, in a conversation that's really digestible and understandable. I can't, I have not finished the book and I can't wait to just think into it this weekend. I will not stop reading it. It is so, 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 so good. So for any of you that want to know about this book, I'm going to say this many times during this um, conversation that we're going to have, but Where Did You Go is a new book. And I would love for you, Christina, to just take the floor and tell us about your story with Bjorn. It was so beautiful the way you wrote it in, in the first chapter, why you came to this conclusion. And I just want to say that I think this is the next level of healing for people. Thank you for writing this book. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for this incredible introduction. I'm sitting here smiling um, this whole time. And as you said, we are we are very good friends. We've known each other for many years. And I will never forget the way we connected. Our husbands had passed uh, more or less at the same time with like six months uh, from, from, the, from the time of my husband to your husband. Um, and I always felt like we were soul sisters. And thank you for having me here today. Um, as you know, my journey began in 2006 when my husband died. And um, that first night, um, and I know a lot of your listeners have had moments with uh, the people they lost as they are departing, as they're leaving this world. And I remember sitting uh, next to his bed, um, knowing that that was his last breath. And as soon as he took that last breath, I remember thinking, Am I, am I going to see anything? So I, I, I looked up and I couldn't see anything. I looked around me. Uh, the nurses had just left the hospital room and, um, and I felt this silence and void 
um, as if there was nothing there. But what I didn't know then was that I was not taught or told how to look for where he was going. Um, that day uh, marked the beginning of a journey um, to answer the question, where did you go? And that was the question that haunted me even after um, I reentered my own life, even after I, I, I was remarried, I, I started my organization, I helped thousands of people find their own life. And yet that one question what happened to him? Where did he go? Wasn't just my question, it was the question of all those people. And Chris, it was as if that was the one thing that would hold people back. That was the one thing that I struggled with as well. And 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 I was I was actually angry about it. That that someone we love so much that has been a big part of our lives, all of a sudden they're gone mm-hmm. completely and totally. Like there's nothing there. And the world around us tells us that death is real and final and permanent. So um, a couple of years ago, um, I decided to be very courageous um, and uh, think about writing this book. And I remember thinking to myself, I felt like I was lying to the world if I didn't reveal the other part of me and the other place I was spending my time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I spent all these years teaching people about life reentry in their brain and the waiting room. And, and I was helping so many, but yet in my personal life, I had added that new layer of, of living and experiencing and knowing, and I was hiding it from them because my ego was so scared and so worried that it would destroy my credibility if I stepped into that world. So two years ago, I said yes to this, closed my eyes and jumped. Mm. And here we are. Well, I think as I um, said earlier, what I love so much so far about this book is that you've, you've taken um, some very hard concepts, some, even some concepts that have scared me over the years to dive into because I just didn't think that I would understand them. Although I know I've shared some of my stories with you, but I've, I've had so many spiritual experiences. I call them spiritual because I didn't know what else to call them, but so many experiences. And I, like you, because I think of my background, because I had spent so much time in the spiritual realm, I was not surprised to, mm-hmm. I, in fact, I actually expected to find Richard where he was and did immediately um, and have, you know, shared some of my kind of wild experiences of where Richard has shown himself very vibrantly and light and, you know, bouncing light, uh, across the wall. One time a human heart, um, to he, to my friend Benjamin and his best friend and myself, we looked up and saw a beating human heart of light on the wall. Um, you know, so many ways. And, I'll be walking across the street and I'll just know Richard's walking with me. I'll just feel him. And, you know, it's interesting, Christina, because I asked Richard once, I remember he was in the bathtub and I asked him and we had no, no idea that he was going to die. And this was probably several years before he died. But I asked him, you know, we were talking about what the greatest loss would be. And we thought our children would be the greatest loss. And then I asked him, do you think, 
if something happened to one of us, do you think we would find a way to communicate? And he just looked at me and he said, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, you know, and it's, it's been such an amazing part of my healing. You know, like I say to people, like I had to know where Richard was. I had to find him where he was. I had to meet him where he was so that I could continue my life. And, you know, and when, you know, we were talking earlier, you, you know, you made the statement that when you do find that person and you continue that relationship and death does not represent the end, it, re- it represents just a transition and change, then you're right. You know, you really start to live bigger and better. And it's not as if you spend all the time in the world communicating with that person or that, that spirit now, that identity, but you know, but you can, and that's the beautiful thing. I'd love for you to share how your connection with Bjarn has gone on and how much it's probably meant to your daughters to experience as well. Um, Actually, I'm so glad you're mentioning this because yesterday I had a question um, on one of the posts that I shared. um, And this person said, but Christina, don't you think that this is interfering with our healing? Isn't this keeping us in the past, just literally just yesterday. And I responded to her and and what I'm going to share with your listeners, what you just said also, actually, when we do uh, find out that there is still the possibility of connection and it is up to us to keep that connection going, we, once we do that a few times, we actually don't stay there much. We, we feel better. We, we know we are surrounded by them and, and by love. And we start to live a new life. Yeah. To, to, um, and, you know, I'm going to share this. And, and my, my husband, Eric, um, actually, you know, he's here witnessing a new book uh, about, uh, you know, someone I, I loved and lost. And he asked me this question. He said, are you still looking for him? And I said, no, because I, I, I have found him and I know where he is. And it is not, I had to tell him, don't worry, honey. It's not an everyday experience. It's just, it's just something that I can access and I can go to if I want to. And I want to answer your question about my relationship with Piana and the girl's relationship with him. I took my girls to the temple world as soon as it was created Mm. and they had a new experience and dare I say new memories with him. Mm. Dare I say this, Chris, (laughs) because, and I'm saying this in a way that um, I'm very aware of what we are saying here and I'm very aware of the critics and I'm very aware of people maybe possibly trying to dismiss a statement like this, but what we will discuss on this on this um, podcast today is why this is possible, what's hiding underneath this reality, and why you should know, and why you should also be able to access it. Yeah, well, let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say that um, at first, all I did was research. I was fascinated. Once um, the moment you open the gateway to this world and realize this is, this is, this is what, when I started getting, Oh, I can't believe people don't know this and realize that we have come far in our knowledge and understanding, but not far in our experiences. Right. It makes me mad that the world, the everyday person who's so thirsty for this kind of knowledge and understanding to not be given the opportunity 
to, to experience that and to know what this is. And the very first thing I learned was that the universe is holographic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> well, I, I even love how you created the temple world because to me, it, it, it's, it's also speaks of, of um, the sacred geometry of the pyramids yes. and, and how energetically everything fits into that, the levels of energy and, and the sacred geometry of the pyramids. So I really love, I, I totally understood that, that that's why you created the temple world. And I love that. And Chris, can I just say, um, when, when um, the, the word, the temple world came to me was during the, the first pilot class program. Um, at the time, the, 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 the work was called Beyond Reentry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and actually something really exciting to share with everyone. Um, I had, um, named my document, my Google doc, uh, when, uh, when I was creating the process, uh, BR steps oh. and weeks later it hit me that that was his initials. <laughs> oh, wow. How Rasmussen. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and Chris and everyone was listening we were, me and my assistants at the time, we were completely having chills. Oh because my God. she goes, that, isn't that Because we, we kept going, sh- sending that document back and forth. It's been there for weeks. I was adding to it all the time. And it was called BR Steps. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I felt that in that moment in time, I mean, of course, there were tears. I, I was emotionally charged. To, and I had no doubt that he was guiding me to oh. that place. <laughs> BR steps, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my God, that's amazing. And it was right there, and we didn't see it. So the temp, the words temple, um, you know, even though everything was based on science and and and, and facts and how the universe is made, uh, it was as if my brain was hijacked by the universe, and I was more or less told you've got to name this work temple, the temple world. I actually, Chris, that was really hard for me to do because it was giving um, a more spiritual element to the scientific process and I was fighting it. But let me tell you, because now, I mean, as you said, this is based on so much more. I had to say, I had to, to, to name it this. And in the process, and as everyone um, will read uh, the book, the, the book is a doorway literally a door and it takes you every chapter takes you deeper and deeper into the world that is hidden uh, from us. And I want to say that um, (laughs) when I uh, first created the process, I knew it was working for me and I knew I could go through the gateway in and out, but I didn't know it was going to work for everyone else. And I was scared to death. The moment we started the class and the 50 people showed up, just like here. Um, and I, I took them through the process and they closed their eyes. I took them there, um, not thinking that anything was going to happen. I just wanted to take them through the electromagnetic uh, shift and change. I wanted them to feel the vibration of going in and out. So Chris and everyone listening, we went and 50 folks who had no understanding about any of this, they just trusted um, not the spiritual type, more scientific type of folks, a harder crowd. Um, we went there and back and then asked them to open their eyes again. And I remember that moment 
And I said to myself, this is it. I will know now if I'm going to write this book or not. And I would say 70% at least actually had contact with their beloveds from the beginning. And I wasn't supposed, they were not supposed to experience that. And everyone came back and said, um, was I supposed to see them already? Um, and I had this experience. And the number one message that we got from the beginning, Chris, was that, um, I know it's going to sound silly to say like this, but they're there waiting for us. Oh, absolutely. I know. I, I know that. Like you, you have to just remember to ask, like they can't they're not really supposed to interrupt our world. I don't think, but when you ask them to, they can, and they will, and they and they're waiting. They, they're yeah. there. They, they're they and, 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 you know, the one thing that I, I say to people is like, it, what if we're supposed to go and visit them? What, yeah. What, instead of like waiting for them to come to us what if we go to them yeah that's such an amazing what a you know what a simple revelation but so true and you know I've always felt with Richard that if anyone cuts it off it's me not him yes that I'm the one that's that's so grounded in in this world and this life and he's right there he's always waiting for me to ask always waiting yeah, I just love that so much. And that's such an, a truth that resonates through my whole body as truth. And because, and you know, and you know this better than anyone else because it is true. And, and the thing is, another thing to, to really help people understand this, it's not that they are, they may appear that they're waiting for us when we're there, but remember they live outside of time and space. And for them, the moment we sent our intention to them and our thought to them, they instantly show up because that there's no time for them. Yeah. I mean, isn't this exciting? It's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, the other thing that I've become really aware of is that, um, that they can be everywhere they want to be. Like they can be anywhere. And they, they, of course, you know, I, I had this one conversation once with this woman, I actually wrote this in from heartbreak to wholeness too, that, you know, I was sitting with her at the hairdresser and she was telling me how her friends were, you know, giving her a hard time because she hadn't moved on from her grandmother. And I said, well, you know, I asked her, I said, well, what if we, you want to talk about that a little bit? And she knew who I was and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why we had this conversation. But I said, do you want to talk about that a little bit? And she said, yeah. I said, okay, so let's just say, what do you think happens when you die? And she said, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I suppose I think you go to heaven. And I said, yeah, but what if when you die, you don't go anywhere? What if only your body stops working? And what if you go wherever you want to be? And I, I asked her, I said, where do you think your grandmother would be right now if she could be anywhere? And she burst into tears and she said, my grandmother would be right here with me. And I said, all right, so... I believe that's true, that your grandmother is right here with you. And all you need to do is, is build a new relationship with her that you talk to her as if she's right here with you. And in that way, you never have to be without your grandmother. And that's the beauty of life. You know, that if we, I just love this so much, Christina, this conversation. Chris, you are, I wish everyone in the world had your capacity to say yes to this experience because I know that you are a hundred percent in that in that in that place even before anyone told you to be 
as soon as Richard, um, trans, you know, even transition, as if, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a very well-known um, uh, scientist that says these words, and I will share them with you, and the moment you hear them, the moment the listeners hear and the moment I heard them, I stopped whatever I was doing, and I couldn't believe it. He said this, he said it like this, what if we die in everyone else's reality and not in ours? Wow. Wow. They're dead for us, but not for them. That makes so much sense. I mean, about that, right? Yeah. Would it? Their their experience, so they're dying as they're dying. They're still aware. We can't, the only, the only thing that has ended, it was our experience of them, not their experience of them. Of themselves. Yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense to me. And also, you know, um, just after, you know, after Richard died, you know, like he, he died in his sleep and I understood that when somebody dies in their sleep, they often don't know that they've died that. And the first night, the first 24 hours, he was, he was, um, he was trying, like, I could almost see him. I could almost see his form what, like stomping around the house, like with this look on his face, like, what the hell? Like, why aren't you looking at me? Why aren't the lights were flickering everywhere in our house? I mean, just the energy, I could feel him. Like I could almost see his form as he was like walking around our house agitated because he didn't know where he was. Do you know how you could see it? How? Oh my God. And I, this is my theory. You know, I don't know how true that is. But from everything I've learned and studying all those things, I believe that um, here's what we know for sure. And, and your experience is, uh, you know, spot on. You were actually uh, observing his reality mm. uh, the way we observe our reality here, because this is not real. So the, the, the brain is a holographic brain and it's projecting the, the, the world that Richard went to and the bigger universe project, projecting it like this so we can understand it. So your brain and everyone who has seen things um, and visions, they're actually just projecting from that reality. Right, right. And maybe because you're so intertwined and yes. intermingled with that person and you're, you know, you're, it's almost as if you are one person on some level. And you're seeing the same, he, he's, he's trying to, he's projecting the house. He was, because she was confused. He didn't know exactly what was going on. And you're projecting his reality because yes, wholeness, you are all, we are the, you know, there's something called the entanglement theory. You know, there is no, separation ultimately we are never separate even chris you and i as we're sitting across from each other in a different um location we are connected when people say um you know when we can move an object when people can uh, do telekinesis when they can move an object they're not actually moving the object with energy that they're sending they're connected to the object I see. They're, they're moving with it so it's not like we're going to send energy into the, the book to move it. It is that we move with the book because we are connected to the book and the energy around it. And then I, I just want to say this really quickly. The number, the thing that really blew me away and made me believe that actually reality is an illusion is that when we, when scientists looked 
deeper and deeper into all the physical matter and all the objects that you're seeing, you know, the desk, the computer, the book, when they go all the way in, Chris and everyone, there's nothing there. Mm. It's energy. And we are actually vibrating streams of light, just like you said, the golden light that was coming in, in in the meditation you were doing in the beginning, that is actually, if we were to really see ourselves, we are just vibrating streams of light. That's actually how we look. This is an image. And if that is true, and if the scientists are right, and I believe they are, um, of course, there's no certainty because the more we understand reality, the more reality is changing because we are going deeper and deeper into reality. But if that is true, then when we die, when this illusion stops existing, we just go into our natural state, which many people have said. This is Richard and Biana and the people everyone has lost. They're just where we've always been. Yeah, they're just in their natural essence. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're just not projecting. <laughs> I had this um, one experience with um, the medium. Oh, what's her name right now? I'm, I'm hitting. I'm just hitting a blank spot. Um, she's from Colorado. Um, oh my gosh! Oh, John, is it famous? A famous? Yeah, woman? She's famous. Um, she's famous. She wrote "Awakening to Spirit." Um, Rebecca Rosen. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so I was in this huge auditorium um, of people. I didn't even know I was going to medium reading. It's and, amazing, yes. Yeah. And, she, and she starts to do her, you know, we do our meditation and invite our person. And then she holds her hand up and she says, wait a minute, Richard, I'm not ready to start. <laughs> there's, there's 500 people in the room. And I, of course, she, and then she, she says, well, Richard's not waiting. He's right here. He has a lot to say and he's a huge bright light. So we're, we're starting this thing. And she explained that when a really large bright light comes in, and I liken it to a a light bulb, what I understood is that our vibrational level that we're here on the planet is the same vibrational level that we're here. uh, We're just here in that vibrational state. We're projecting from there. I mean, that's right. Right. So, so she, so then she says, um, well, who in here has a Richard seven of us um, raise our hand. She says, well, who in here has a Richard who would be sitting in a pile of books with Buddha under the tree. And I was like, that's my Richard. <laughs> There's no denying that. And the characteristics, the, the projection that he, you know how she would say, I'm seeing books, I'm seeing, he like that. Projecting. It's a, so the, the, the people we've lost know that we are understanding reality with a uh, visual. Yes. So when they are projecting to the medium and the psychic, they're actually showing them things so they can recognize it. That is why the psychics and mediums sound like this. They say, like, I'm seeing this sitting, and it doesn't make any sense to them, but that's the projection. That's the, that they're using the hologram, right? They're using our visual illusion, right? And so is it, is it really just our belief? And our ability to open our minds, is that really what it is? Like, is all of this present and happening, but it's really as open as you, is that what you're teaching people in your book is how to access that and open their minds to it? So the number one priority of the book was 
not to give people the knowledge. There are books out there, uh, maybe not geared towards death, but geared towards science and quantum mechanics and uh, physics. There are books out there that talk about all the things that I mentioned in my book. My number one goal was to take those things and make it easy for people to say yes to experiencing it themselves. I was so certain that this is reality, this is more real than this reality, that I took a really big chance and said, here's a book and here's exactly what you need to do to, to experience it. That's true. If what I'm saying in the book is true, I want you to go and have your own interaction, your own correct connection. And I also believe it is... So when we go to see a psychic, um, it's not that we can't access that information and that conversation ourselves. It's just that we find it really hard to believe that we would have that information. So if, let's say, someone was sitting in the audience, not you because you're so much more advanced than in understanding and believing, but let's say someone in that audience with, um, uh, you know, Rosen basically had a vision of her husband. Let's say her husband was a teacher. Let's say she had, um, she was able to see her husband in a classroom, and that would have been the message that he was here. She would have denied that because we are told not to believe in these things. The thing is, we um, we have access to the same collective wisdom that all the psychics and mediums have. They just trust in that access more than the regular people do. Yes, I totally agree with that, and. The last reading that I had in the same kind of form with Rebecca Rosen was several years later, but was just this last year. Um, Richard came in right away again. And yet um, there were a couple of things that happened. One was um, at the very end of the reading, he said to her, to Rebecca Rosen, he said, you're going to love this. He said, well, basically, well, Rebecca, I want you to know that she doesn't need you for this. Well, of course, of course, right? Oh, thank you, Richard. You know, like, yes. She can do this all on her own yes. and does often. She, he's, you know, often. And so I, I love this so much, Christina. I love that you've embarked on this journey, um, you know, to just lead people into this next level of opening. I mean, I really believe that what you've done here is, you know, you've done an amazing job at um, giving people a re-entry process, mm-hmm. something that they can sink their teeth into when they're going through, you know, when they're just wanting to figure out how do I live my life now, you know? And, but this book, this book is a much deeper dive. It's a much, um, much needed book for how do we really live the best life that we can live despite the fact that, yes, we have gone through loss. And also to realize that, I mean, this is a really big statement, but when you really get this, nothing is lost. Yes, ever. There shouldn't be, I mean, grief is, and there's a twist in the book, uh, Chris. So what I'm going to say to everyone is um, halfway through, uh, there's a plot twist. There's there's something that changes. And the reason why that happened and, and why that is there is because the deeper in we go, we realize that we go to find death and, and instead we find life. Where people go after they die, where we go after we die, it's the same place that creation exists. Yes. So from that place, we get to create our new reality here. 
It is the same place. And the people you've lost are your guides in that process that you want them to be. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, and what I've seen is that at first they would ask for the help of the person they've lost when they were inside there creating their new life. We talk about the observer effect and collapsing the reality that we don't want to have. Um, and, the, and, and their person was there in the beginning, but as time went by, they started to see a new reality for themselves. They entered the field and connected to what the possible new life for them was. And they let go more and more because si since we're still here and alive in this illusion, in this, in this learning class experience, um, we are supposed to live our life to the fullest. Absolutely. They're there whenever we're ready to leave from here, whenever we want to talk to them. And I say, you don't have to die to, to visit with them and you don't have to die to know where, what death is because death is only a doorway to another dimension, another experience. And that is fact. This is not even like, I am not sitting here saying, you know, oh, what if this... This is real. And, and I want to make one final um, distinction. Someone said to me, Christina, people are going to uh, misunderstand what you're trying to do and say that you're speaking to the dead in the way that traditionally people speak. The thing is, we don't even have to say that anymore. We connect with consciousness. Mm -hmm. And whether it's the consciousness of our husband that is no longer here, consciousness of Einstein, consciousness of... Um, someone else it is consciousness we're connecting i, I I'm, I'm done with the world looking at death as this very dark and scary place yeah. this is the universe chris yeah. it, this yeah. is this is bliss and joy and the one thing that people always said when they came back from the temple world they would say it's so interesting i feel no pains in my body i feel happy and joyful because the vibration there is different yeah. And there's no, there's no, nothing bad. It's, it's not something to be afraid of. We're not talking to the dead in the way people think we are. We're connecting what, with, with them, with their infinite parts of themselves that are always going to be there. I love that. And it's our birthright. This is, we're supposed to do that. And whoever took it away, it's not right. <laughs> Well, it's what's beautiful is that, I mean, I think this is the next evolution, you know, that for, you know, really mankind is going to enter into um, understanding, you know, that we are in a 3D world, you know, that, that there's many dimensions um, within our range of scope and possibility. And certainly that's what makes our life, you know, such a rich experience. And I always thought that you know, the people who are most afraid of death are only really afraid because they're not truly living. And when you are really living to your capacity, to your fulfillment, and you're, um, you're living with a strong sense of, I'm fulfilling my destiny here on this earth, there's nothing greater than that. I see it in you. I, I know it's to be true in myself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really just and so much in love with my life now that if I were to recreate it, I would create it exactly the same way. <laughs> you created it, Chris. And you actually, because you, you access that world that the book cre has created for everyone, you go there automatically and naturally because you are made this way. Yeah. For a lot of us, we had to learn, but you actually have created your life from there. Every part of it. 
Yeah. Every part of it you have brought into the, into into physical reality. Um, it is um, when, when people um, have the book in their hand, look at the book and think of a door. This book um, is literally a gateway. And I would highly, highly recommend every chapter is another step deeper into consciousness and to, to give this the time and the process. And to da- when, when they go in the book, there's a link they can download their sounds um, that actually enhance the, the doorway and the, and, the, and the gateway experience. Um, one of the things I want to make sure people are aware, your dreams are going to be... Uh, uh, more real. Um, you're going to be more present and, and it's going to be intense. This is, um, not for the faint of heart, uh, especially if you really immerse yourself into that journey. And my goal with this is that we need to be educated about what's real and what's not. And when I wake up in the morning and I go to bed at night and I know that we are hanging in the middle of a dark universe on a little dot, on a blue dot, like Carl Sagan would say, and we think that's normal and that we don't believe in miracles. What is wrong with us? Nothing, nothing is, it is normal. This is an extraordinary experience and we need to look at it in an extraordinary way. Be open to miracles, synchronicity. Um, there's an exercise in the book that I call the object. Uh, you will find an object inside the temple and the exercise is there to connect your brain with that world and for you to believe that they're connected. And when you come back, you will find that object here as well in, in, when you least expect it. And in that moment, I remember doing this exercise um, a week, two or three, and I remember thinking, Chris, what if they don't find their object? <laughs> and, and what if they're... And when we started finding our object, it was the most thrilling, thrilling experience. Even though this book is made for just one individual reader, I would highly recommend to read it with friends and go through the experience with friends and share your temple experiences with them. Um, because when you do, it brings that world here um, and it makes it even more real. Um, I have to say, it is, right now, as we are recording this, it's just a few days before the book comes out. I am excited, <laughs> uh, scared, uh, uh, and ready, and ready to to unveil um, and reveal the world of the of the temple. Well, I certainly feel that what this book is going to um, make the veil very thin for people, Christina. And I just want to thank you so much with my whole heart and soul for writing it. And I am just, I'm so eager to finish it. And I want to thank you. Just all the work that you've done for humanity, really. It's, it's just, it, it blows me away. And I know that our listeners today are going to want to get this book for somebody they know for themselves. I would recommend you get several copies. Where did you go? Where did you go? You didn't go anywhere. Where did you go? Yeah. And, and when I, wait, it's funny when I ask people, what is the one question you ask when you look up at the stars? They say, where are you? Where did you go? What, 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 what happened? And I hope that this answers not just the question, but answers the question of existence. Um, the link is where did you go book.com or on Amazon, where did you go? Just just put where'd you go on a Google search and it will find, it will get you to the book. I have no doubt. Thank you so much, Christina. Much love. Thank you for having me, Chris. Yay. Bye. Bye.
Christine is thrilled to announce that her book, Heartbroken Open, has been made into a lifetime movie starring Heather Locklear in her comeback to television. Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, the Christine Carlson story, premieres at Lifetime on October 16th. Read the real story, a true page-turner, and get your copy of Heartbroken Open at Amazon and ChristineCarlson.com.